announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Tell me everything about you that I need to know. So I was born and raised in California. What part? You know, Westlake Village? Yes. So, yeah, okay. So Westlake Village. Couldn't make it out of the state. I tried a few times, but every single time I decided to come back. <laughs> they try to take me out, but they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and then I went to college. I went to LMU and uh, studied entrepreneurship. And... From there, I kind of started this business called Glued, which was arts and crafts for kids. And Stop, so yeah, cute. Really, really cute. You kind of built these little miniature surf shacks and tree houses. It's kind of like a, like a grandparent, grandchild, or like a father, daughter, you know, mother, son kind of thing. Little project. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But the guy who I started it with, he was an older guy. He was, you know, 65, 70. And so... You know, he, which makes sense, he wanted to pull all the money out. You know, they didn't really want to do that. So it didn't end up working out. I still have some stuff. So one day I like to start it up again because I really, you know, I really like the whole idea of kind of getting kids off electronics and whatnot. Yeah. And from there, it was, you know, the common jump from, you know, children's toys to cannabis. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> A gateway drug, I see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And so I started selling these little boxes on Amazon. I would go to Michael's and I bought just like raw wooden boxes and pictures off the internet and Mod Podge them on the box. And then I bought like just grinders and jars and, you know, rolling papers and stuff like that. Put it in the box and put it on Amazon. And then that was the start of Hakuna. That's how it all happened. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata, not that's right. You know, I was like, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to smoke a joint. And it's Hakuna Matata from there on. Stop it. That's so cool. I love it. So where, what do your boxes sell for? Like, are you still hodgepodging or have you streamlined no, the process? We or? Some, we still have some of the order boxes, but it's a little too labor intensive. So the boxes range from anywhere, you know, on our website. They start at 50 and they go to 100. But I have some stuff that we don't put on our website on Amazon. That can go anywhere from like 30, you know, 30 to 150. So you're a total and complete ancillary business. Like you're not, you're not slanging hemp. You're not dishing. Yeah, but we, we, so it's kind of an interesting story. So we were doing events and this was 2017, I guess, maybe begin, beginning. No, it had to be 2017. So it's 2017. We did this vegan event we called the Circle V Fest in LA and we were we were at this 
festival and these guys it's called 420 production or 20 past four productions and they put up these little oases so we did it with a couple times with them where they would go to the festivals and you know bring four or five different vendors and so we were there in 2017 this guy that was next to us sold i don't know maybe like like five thousand dollars in cbd products <laughs> it's like just outrageous it blew my mind and at that point i was like wow i really want to do this and I already was selling on Amazon. So I wasn't just selling cannabis box on Amazon. I was selling like boxes with tea, boxes with toiletries. So just pretty much boxes filled with things, you know, kind of gift boxes, stuff like that. Yeah, boxes of stuff. Right, exactly. Just value added. It was kind of like the main goal was just to get a box. Yeah. Value add the box and put it on Amazon. Yeah. Selling these boxes. And so I, ha- I really wanted to make cbd tea cbd tea and put it into a box and sell it as like little gift boxes so i started doing all this research on how to do it and it was hard to find someone who could do it you know in 2017 water soluble wasn't common you know there was no water soluble in, in the cbd world there still hardly is everyone just use it as like a boner term but right exactly exactly and so i found a guy so after a while of research i was introduced to a guy actually in um in Colorado, who was, who had a project to make CBD coffee. And the guy at the end of the project bailed. And so he was sitting on a CBD coffee formulation with nothing to do with it. And so I, so even though I wanted tea in the first place, I ended up with CBD coffee. And so we ended up doing CBD coffee. And then from there, I immediately went into pre-rolls. So I wanted to do coffee and pre-rolls because how else do you start your morning? (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious okay i get it i'm vibing and and then so so from there so now i have this whole accessory business so ancillary more like home storage security from roommate personalization to it you know jars rolling and now i have you know coffee and pre-rolls and eighths and that's kind of what i started with and you know just like any business even now but especially in you know 2018 marketing cbd was really hard you know you couldn't go traditional you know it had to be really grassroots you know or it was really expensive to go on some of these things like mantis and stuff like that and so what so what we decided to do at that point was create a pop-up cafe and try to bring the products to people and so we were already kind of doing you know festivals and stuff like that and we figured it was a good way because you know our products kind of have you know our ancillary products kind of have a cafe vibe to it it's wood you know you have wooden boxes you have locking book boxes and so we started you know going to festivals and setting up this cafe and serving cbd coffee and selling some accessories we had some gummies we had a tincture you know the coffee the pre-rolls if they let us sell the pre-rolls pre-rolls all the stuff um and then these kind of accessories and so in 2018 we started our cafe as well so now now we are we are pretty horizontally integrated so we have our accessory line we have our cbd line and we have a cafe i like how you say horizontally integrated and everyone else is trying to be vertical here you are being horizontally (laughs) (laughs) you know to be completely honest i just kind of took where the wave you know i just went with the wave and it was just like you know where what was you know and i really wanted to get grassroots because it's hard to sell people an expensive coffee you know if they don't know the taste of it because you know you know, CBD coffee is nice, but I don't think anyone's going to change their coffee habits if they like coffee for a crappy cup of coffee with CBD in it, right? And so I really wanted people to try the coffee because I knew we had a really good tasting coffee. It's so, and so, 
So it was like, how do I do that? How do I get coffee into people's hands without having just to give it up for free the entire time? Look at you, you little entrepreneur. I love it. How old are you? I am, well, how old am I? I'm 20, 28, 27? It's almost rude to ask you that, but. but (laughs) It's okay. It's funny because I get on the phone too. You know, you talk into some people and a lot of time it's like, you know, older gentlemen. And they're always like, so how old are you? <laughs> and like, you sound really young. I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, old enough, well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, old enough to be selling you this coffee. How many yeah. do you want? <laughs> I don't That's... talk about my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk about your personal life. You're, no. 20, you're 28. You're in the peak of entrepreneurialism. I'm going to dive into like some of the challenges the inevitable, you know, that's inevitable with CBD. You talked, you brushed on them a little bit. Um, But one of the things that I found really challenging being an entrepreneur at a young age, I've always, you know, believed that I wanted to have my own business. I didn't want to get nailed down. I tried to work in corporate and my like corporate version of a job was super fun. I was working with the Paul Mitchell organization. I was traveling around. We were doing makeup, playing dress ups. Like it was fun. Only problem was if I wanted to have a personal life, it was near impossible because I was traveling. I was so focused on work. You know, everyone that was interested in me had a normal nine to five job. And so when they got off at 530, they were, you know, wanted to hang out with their boo-boo. And I was like, no, no, I got to get back to work. Like, So my question to you is as a young entrepreneur, what it, how does the how does your social life or personal life suffer or benefit from your choice of profession? Yeah, you should probably ask my girlfriend this question, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, no, at least you, you know, have one, you're winning. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, it's tough. Honestly, it's tough. You know, it's, it, it makes, it's a hard question to answer because I really enjoy what I do. And so a lot of the times it is fun. And, you know, we get to do really great events on the weekends. We get to go to festivals. We get to meet a lot of new people. Is she involved but, with know, the business? She's not. You know, she does help out quite a bit. And you know, I'm really grateful and appreciative for that. Um, but she she works in finance. So she has her, you know, nine to five. And yeah, she has long, her thing, yeah. Yeah, and it's a long day for her. So she's often tired. And, you know, she gets up early just to be in the office early. I get up a little later. Um, and so... So, you know, it, there's a struggle in there, especially with vacations and stuff like that. It's hard yeah. to leave. But what happens, you know, especially now is that you get a really great team. And once you start getting a really solid team around you that you can trust and that, you know, believe in what, you know, we're doing, it makes it a lot easier to kind of take those breaks and know that, that the business still runs. You know, in the beginning, it was, you know, let's say you're going on vacation and you're supposed to leave at 12 o'clock it's three o'clock and you're still trying to get things done here to go on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I can totally relate. Yeah. yeah, I can totally relate. So now it becomes a lot easier to do that. You know, no, I can leave and I know that, you know, the orders are going to go out and the customer service is going to be handled and that, you know, if any problems arise, you know, they can be, they can be put out. And so I think that, it comes down to, you know, and it's hard in the beginning, but as an entrepreneur, you have to put those, you know, two years in, three years in, whatever it might be. And eventually you have a solid team that, you know, will allow you to, to take a take break. 
Well, congratulations on building the team. That tends to be the most difficult part sometimes. It's like, who do you trust to take care of things the way that you would if you were doing it yourself? I've really struggled with that. And a lot of what I focus on right now in my company is being in the flow. How do I do what I do best? And how do I outsource the things that I'm not great at so that things are being done at the quality that I want, at the on the timing that I want, you know, all of these things. And as a young entrepreneur, that's really difficult to manage, especially if you haven't done it before. So hats off if you've got that going on, because I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Tell me a little bit about, you know, the the CBD industry has its own set of unique challenges that prevent us from experiencing Um, you know, exponential growth. And even though we're seeing sort of overnight success stories with the CBD and cannabis movement, we do not shine a lot of it. It's not sexy to talk about the problems. And so I like to talk about them though, because our audience is full, chock full of young, ambitious or old, ambitious, or, you know, across the board on the age spectrum, cannabis knows no no uh, age limit or creed or, you know, whatever, it's colorblind. Um, So for you, what were some of the challenges that you faced in starting your business and how did you overcome them? You know, I won't even, in the beginning, there's, there's quite a few challenges, but in the beginning, you're almost, you know, love drunk in a way. You know, you just don't really see it because you're so excited. You're seeing so much possibilities. Um, and so, you know, in the beginning, even though there are challenges, you're so eager and, you know, willing to do it. I think in the beginning, maybe the best thing you can do to overcome challenges is to call and just ask people questions because people are always willing to give you information, you know, especially if you make them, you know, feel good about themselves. You know, you can get a lot of information from people just by calling and asking. How do you know who to trust for advice? I mean, there's a lot of newbies out there who are claiming to be, you know, experts in this space. There's folks who maybe in your network who are successful in other places, but don't have the results in this particular industry. How do you know who to trust when you're looking for advice? You know, I'm not gonna bring up politics, but in a way it's similar to politics is that you just have to get advice from as many people as you can, and then you have to pick and choose which ones you think are legitimate. You know, I don't think that you can just be like, oh, I trust this person completely because I trust this person. I think that, you know, after listening to 10, 12, 15 people talk, you'll start, you know, you'll start hearing similarities between some of them, and you'll be like, you know, this sounds the most legit. And so I think you just have to, you have to just, ask a lot of people and get people from every side of it you know whether it's the accessory side the business side the manufacturing side um you know co-packing side whatever it might be you have to just you know call write your excel sheet, put down your notes for each person get your crm um and make sure that jotting down these notes so when you call back you can be informed you can ask you know intelligent questions you can find out when you ask these intelligent questions that they have a good answer for it. And, you know, the whole thing about business, it's all about learning. You know, every day it's, you're learning more, you get a little more information. People always say, and you know so much for, you know, being in this industry for, you know, a couple of years, three years. Um, I just, 
ask a lot of questions. I like YouTube videos, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, it's just any place you can get more information. I love articles. Um, you know, for me, I really love retail. So I get, you know, I get biweekly retail blogs of things going on in the industry, not just CBD, just the retail industry as a whole. Um, and it really shines a lot of light on, on case studies and stuff like that. Um, but I would say for like currently what I'm seeing is some of the biggest issues in the CBD market, probably the biggest one is consistency. You know, that's one of my big things is that I, I want consistent biomass to make my extractions. And when you're buying from a lot of these large, you know, white glove processors and whatnot, they always tell you they're going to give you the same biomass, but you know, you might get a biomass, you know, in March, come May, it might be a totally different biomass and that will change the entire product. And so that's been a big issue, finding a company who has a sustainable and reliable source that will consistently make you the product with the right, you know, cannabinoid, you know, terpene, flavonoid profile that, that creates the desired effect that you're putting on your label. I love it. Stabilizing the supply chain is so major when, when you are, especially when you are white labeling or private, private labeling a product. And by the way, most are, there's very few custom made products out there, which is fine. Like there's, there's a lot of really great formulators and companies orchestrated specifically for brands to be created and sold. And I love that model. At the same time, you're absolutely right. Batch to batch, there's a pretty big contrast between what you originally bought and put your brand on and what you continue to put your label on after the fact. So is that something that you're still challenged with or is this, how did you, have you solved this challenge? And if so, how, and if you haven't solved it, I'll, I'll share with you a couple of tips and tricks that I've used. Yeah. So right now I do have a solution. It's a, this processor I'm using in Colorado, they are doing, they're pretty much isolating every single cannabinoid um, and then reintroducing them. And so he's getting it from all over, um, you know, the United States and whatnot. So he's, you know, just putting it through a distillation process, pulling out any CBG, CBN, CBC, CBD, THC, and then he's re reintroducing it to create, you know, whatever formulation you want. The main issue with that is that it's really expensive. It's, you know, you're paying about, you know, maybe 40% more. And so it makes the product really expensive. And so I am in the process of trying to secure somebody who has a really great biomass source and, you know, get all the testing and then try to work with just a farm that can have enough biomass for me and maybe even have a couple different farms that have similar strains and similar grow methods to create the products, you know, create the extracts for me. You know, for me, we don't, you know, we don't do any processing, but we do source all our own ingredients. So we're not really white labeling. We're just, you know, bringing our coffee in, you know, we're bringing our, you know, terpenes in, we're bringing whatever it is, mm -hmm. we all the packaging here. We don't do any processing in-house. Nice. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, offline, I'll share with you some contacts for, um, that we, so I'm not sure how much you know about us, but my husband and I have about 30 years combined experience in the cannabis and hemp space. And in that time here, I'm originally from California too. My husband's originally from Colorado. He came out to California to work in cannabis and holistic health. My life was completely transformed as a 16-year-old kid um, using cannabis and hemp after a near-fatal surfing accident. Um, so our journey and our roots run deep. And we have been a part of legislative development for Colorado. We've 
um, owned and operated one of the first licensed cannabis companies for a for-profit model in the entire world, one of the first hundred licensed. And, you know, in the last two years have built one of the largest education platforms for cannabis and hemp consumers to come to to find reputable products and research and education and information mm -hmm. so they can make, you know, the right decisions for them and their families when they're selecting brands and products and delivery systems so they get the de desired result. Well, in the process, we've built up this incredible network of hemp farmers, cannabis farmers, you know, uh, manufacturers, formulators, scientists, herbalists, just incredible people. And we, you know, understanding how precious this network is and, and how many people are just coming in for, you know, the money piece, not really for the impact piece. We created the Emerald Circle Mastermind and it's a membership-based community that saves you 10% on manufacturing, 10%, you know, 50% on marketing and advertising. We have merchant processing solutions, like anything and everything that you could need from you know, strength from soil all the way through sale, our network can solve for it. So that's a lot of what we've put together. And whether you're looking for like pristine, you know, diamond grade smokable flower that you can put inside of glass jars and feel like, oh my God, that is the sexiest hemp I've ever seen, or, you know, flavorful, um, pre-rolled that you want to create or, you know, terpene infusions or proprietary blends specifically for the function or desired result that you're looking for. These are, these are all things that we've been able to pull together. So offline, I'll share with you the manufacturer and the, a couple of the farmers that we're working with who will give you like quite literally undercutting the market by 20% at least depending on volume. So the, and this is a lot of my passion, like my passion is to get people connected to resources and relationships that you need to be able to do more business. I don't have a brand of my own. So anything that I can do to support nurturing other people's businesses, I'm like all about it. Right. I appreciate that. That'd be very appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Where, so where you guys are on the road, you have your pop-up cafes. So super cool. Tell me a little bit about the wins. You've been in business for how long? For three years now? Yeah, three years. We incorporated in June of 2016, but we started a little before that. Nice. So what's next for you guys? Wow. Um, there's a lot. That's a lot. Hopefully that's coming up next. We have some pretty cool boxes coming out this holiday. Um, we're trying to bring some technology into our accessory line. So that's the main goal, really focusing on security. So, so in October, we should have a new line of storage boxes that can be customized with lots of technology. So I can't get too much into detail right now, but um, I think we should be, I think the idea is to launch at the Rad Expo in Oregon. So if anyone's going to be at the Rad Expo, come by the booth and check it out. For sure, it'll be really cool. And then, you know, we are on a, a investment search. So really, okay. yeah, so we are looking for some investments. We are in some deep conversations right now and, you know, lots of, lots of goals, but the, you know, the three to five year goal would kind of working and positioning ourselves in more of the grocery market. You know, we do focus on beverages. That's kind of our focus. So, you know, we have some really great, really great lemonade, some really great teas, 
in the cold brew that, you know, the goal is to make that grab and go and really try to take over some of the, you know, big box retailers, you know, once, once they open up. And if all things go well, we would love to open up a brick and mortar, you know, a cool little cafe in the LA area somewhere, you know, with the hemp focus, sustainable focused, you know, kind of, you know, maybe some no packaging kind of stuff. So, so that's really the goal, you know, I think the, when I started the company, my, one of my main focuses was to be, you know, have corporate social responsibility and, you know, Kuna Matata, the circle of life. So a lot of what we've done is really focusing on, you know, environmental sustainability, whether it's, you know, since we use wood, plant a tree, you know, keep the cafe vegan, use always recyclable, reusable or compostable packaging. So that's kind of the goal. And, you know, I want to continue that throughout the entire you know, Hakuna process. So whether it's a brick and mortar cafe, whether it's going to be reusable glass bottles, you know, maybe some sort of exchange program, I'm not sure, but, you know, keeping that, that philosophy in place. I love it. I absolutely love the bulk model. There's not enough stores doing it. I wish, I wish that there was a space here, any fucking anywhere that I could go to refill my shampoo or to refill my conditioner or my face wash or my body scrub, you know, all of the stuff that daily cleaners, like whatever it is, it's so crazy to, I feel awful every single time that I have to buy another giant plastic bottle full of laundry detergent and it's like twice a month and there's, you know, your softener and your, you know, it's just freaking crazy to me. Um, it's so awful. Like I wish, I wish, I wish, and I hope you do. You let me, I'm going to connect you to one of my buddies who pulls investment for things like inventory and, you know, growth and stuff like that. He works with the Tony Robbins organization and I am faux show going to hook you up because I just think that the, like the sustainable conversation is not a big enough part of the movement around cannabis and hemp, which is crazy because this is a hippie's fucking industry. Excuse my language. You're good. You're good. I'm passionate. It's true. It's true. And you know, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything, but we did win the best new product in Southern California by Dope Magazine for a signature stash box. And so I did make a little speech and that was my speech. I was like, you know, it's a new industry, you know, we're you know, it's becoming legal, you know, it's become much bigger than it is. And as an industry that will become one of the biggest industries in the world, we have to make sure we focus on sustainability and making sure it's not just about profits in this industry. And, and I hope that, you know, it stays true because I know it's been like that for the previous 10 years and I haven't really been part of it. So now that I'm part of it, I, I would like to, you know, keep that tradition going, even with, you know, these large corporations and investors coming in that are more profit, you know, stakeholder focused than, you know, environmentally or, or community focused. Yes, absolutely love it. Okay, so in final conversations here, I'm interested to know if you're speaking to a young budding entrepreneur or let's just call them budding entrepreneurs because honestly there's people at every age, every race, every creed, I mean no matter what your background is, you are looking at coming into this industry and you want to figure out how to make your moves strategically so that you're not wasting precious time or resources on mistakes. What are three pieces of advice that you can offer to a budding entrepreneur coming into the green rush? What can you share with them that would 
be a a, nug, a gold nugget for them in their in their startup phase here? I think my first piece of advice would be find your niche and don't and don't try to expand too fast. I think that's one mistake that I did was that I you know I started with the accessory line it was doing well and I saw this huge rush to CBD so I jumped to CBD and then I did this cafe so it made capital very thin. Um, you know, we're doing well, but that's one thing, you know, find a product and, you know, stick to that product, have your core product and grow that market niche as much as you can. The second one would be a team, you know, get a team as soon as you can, you know, be fair to the team, offer them, you know, the right, the right incentives for them, give them reasons to grow with you, give them opportunity to grow with you. Um, Give me just a couple examples of those things, because I think that that's a really missed opportunity. A lot of people limit, you know, the request for help because they don't feel like they have the resources necessary to get good help. And what you don't realize is that there's a lot of folks who are excited and willing to work towards the bigger picture. But, you know, how you position the dream, right? How you position the dream, how you position the possibility, how you position the work and the opportunity is a really unique thing. So how would you position that to somebody, you know, to incentivize them to come and work for maybe less than they're normal to normally receiving, or perhaps in an internship type environment, how do you build your team that um, makes them excited and that also feels fair for the time exchange and value they're bringing? Yeah. Especially because I, I understand the question a lot because, you know, it's hard to always pay someone a base that they've earned before when you're just starting. So, you know, you, you, you know, you have to talk to them, find out, you know, what their standard of living is, making sure that you can support their standard of living because you don't want to have someone struggling for rent and struggling for food. That's not, that's not good you know, for, for work morale for employee morale. So first of all, you have to find out, make sure that you can cover their, their standard of living. Um, the second part is, you know, whenever their position is, whether, you know, if they're a warehouse manager and you see an opportunity in Amazon or an online marketplace, maybe allow them the opportunity to, you know, go into that marketplace and offer them a portion of revenue. Um, you know, if you have a social media marketer, create a social media link and almost like an affiliate, you know, that anytime they get orders from social media, you can offer them, you know, part of that revenue as well. Um, I also think that team bonuses can be really nice, you know, have put your profit and put your revenue on the wall and let the whole team see the revenue so that, you know, if you hit a milestone, everybody gets something, um, you know, I think that those are good ways to incentivize people that makes them want to grow and make them work harder, um, you know, for, for, fair compensation but not overpaying them at that time because yes love it preach on what is number three and number three i think would be enjoy it you know i think that's maybe the most important one because if you're working you know these 18 hour days and you're not going to enjoy it then it's not going to work so you know i would say you know i dove in head first pretty much into entrepreneurship but it depends on, on your risk tolerance, but if you can try something and make sure you enjoy it when you're working those late nights after working your nine to five and, or whatever hours you work and you know, you're tired, but you still enjoy jumping on the computer and creating the website and reaching out to the influencers and you know, the, the bloggers and the podcasters and all that kind of stuff and 
and after all of that you still enjoy it then keep going because you know there's some days out there where it's like oh man this is really tough but some days you wake up and it's all worth it so make sure that that after everything that you still enjoy it I love it. I'm over here cracking a tear because like, it just, it feels good to hear and see, you know, a young entrepreneur really have those core sets of values and value adds to bring to the community. You know, I love your conversation around sustainability. I had a super powerful conversation yesterday with one of my Uh, one of my guests and we were talking all about the sustainability movement and, you know, social and economical responsibility to our communities and, and, you know, shopping local and creating local and, you know, empowering local, you know, small farms and all the way through to small businesses so that we see the, the ripple effect and the impact that we are making as an organization in our communities. And I absolutely love what you guys are up to. I would love to be able to promote your guys' stuff come holiday time. So let me know. I'll, I'll put your little box right up here yeah. on my shelf. And, you know, I, I'm just so impressed. Like I'm so super excited to test and try your stuff. Where can my peeps find out more about you and where you're at? What, like, give me, I'm going to post all of your links and social handles all over the blog. This will be a long form interview. So please just share with us where we can find more about you and where, where you're going to be. Yeah. So you can find us on our websites first and foremost on Hakuna Supply and HakunaSupplyCBD.com. You can on our CBD site, we have our cafe link. So you can see where we're going to be. I think our next event will be at Imagine Fest in Agora Hills. So it's a really cool yoga festival. So yoga, you know, holistic healing, those kind of things. So anybody in Southern California near Agora Malibu area, come check that out. And you can also, you know, follow us on social media at Hakuna Supply and Hakuna Hemp Cafe on all the social medias. I think that's yes. <laughs> Yay. Okay. This is so awesome. I'm, I'm so moved and so honored to speak with you. Your team's amazing. They did a great job prepping you for the interview. Hey guys, for those of you who are listening into today's episode of the hemp revolution, I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And I want you to remember that while you are exploring this industry, that there are so many incredible possibilities and ways to innovate and create a new a a new path in this space. There's, there's no reason for you to become another me too product or business. There's so many different ways that you can develop and design your own unique market in this particular industry. So I love, absolutely love what was said here today, finding and committing to your niche. Don't expand too quickly, get committed to a core product fall in love with the people that you're serving and the problems that you're solving. And you're going to have yourself a winning situation here. Build up an incredible team of people, whether you're pulling from your family, get your baby cousin, get your babysit, put your people to work and let them know that there are ways for them to get involved and get and be rewarded 
for the contribution that they're making. Everybody wants to know that they can eat off of the off of the meal that they cook, right? So if they're a part of your team, they're working hard with you, incentivize them and give them that little bit of extra. It makes it fun and exciting and, and set team goals, just like you do as a family, set team goals so that everybody's working towards the higher purpose. And it's not a bunch of individuals running in different directions, but one core team working towards the same goal. And in any business, if you're not having fun, it's not worth doing. You might as well go get a job for some fat grumpy guy in a big building with, with air conditioning cranking and bad fumes coming from your from the chick next door who's using body butter from Bath and Body Works. Like it is not worth it. You just, you have to love what you do every day. You have to love the life that you're living because it goes so fast. The days are long, but the years are short. So just remember to love everything that you do. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. This is the Hemp Revolution. And I am so honored to be here as a liaison as while we take this journey through the hemp industry. We'll see you guys on our next show. Bye. Thanks for listening to another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.